This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting it with our early episodes as we break down the basics and give you the solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. In this week's episode, we'll dive straight into the biggest news of the week, which starts undoubtedly with the XRP court case results. We'll also take a look at the arrest of Celsius founder Alex Machinsky, as well as discuss a recent survey that talks about crypto hitting the mainstream. My name's Tracy, and this week, Blake and I are joined by a very special guest and good friend of ours, Jordan Franklin. Hey, Jordan, how are you going? Good, thanks, Trace. How are you? Yeah, very well. I'm very excited to finally have you on the show. Blake, how are you going? Good, mate. Good. Just cruising. Just cruising. we got no Craig. Craig's off on holidays and he'd be gutted because he would love to be here with you, George, as well. But just the three of us. So welcome. Welcome along and looking forward to reading the news with you. Likewise, likewise. I'm keen to um, keen to get into it. It's been an interesting week in the crypto news cycle, although it always is. <laughs> Look, it is. It always is. There's so much to go over. But before we go over it, let's do... We've got to do an intro. We can't just like have you on and expect everyone to know who you are, <laughs> although I'm sure a lot of our listeners will. So let me do your intro. Jordan is also known as the happy spender via her socials. And Jordan is knee deep in all of the crypto information, has been active in the space here in Australia for a long time. Uh, she also leads the chapter in Oz DeFi in her hometown of Canberra, where she's joining us from now. And she's the co-founder along with Sam Smith and launched Dear Crypto earlier this year. It's a platform about education aimed at getting as many folk into crypto on the ground floor and educating educating them in all things blockchain, Web3 and crypto. So hopefully that's doing you a bit of justice. And we will talk a little bit more about Dear Crypto later on in the episode. But let's dive right in and talk about all the stories of the week. Guys, are you ready to go? I'm, I'm ready. And I also, I also noted that you said I've been in crypto for a long time. It's probably about just over two years now, which, um, you know, by any measure is actually not that long. But I, I heard recently that every year you're in crypto is basically the equivalent of dog years. So yep. consider me a 14-year seasoned veteran at this point. How many years does that make you then, Blake? You're, like, many. you're like 80 years <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> 
The shock of the week was a judgment made in the SEC and Ripple Court case in which it ruled that XRP was not in itself a security. So this was massive news last Friday and Blake and I decided that we should do a dedicated Crypto Curious episode on the day. So for a full rundown on that, you can actually jump back an episode right now and listen to that outline. It's about 15 minutes where we go in depth on that one. I know, George, you actually jumped on as well and did a YouTube episode because your fans are also wanting the same. But look, it did send the markets a pumping. F went up over 2K uh, and a lot of other tokens that the SEC had been harassing, such as Matic and Solana, you know, they all had a pump as well. The big winner was XRP token, which exploded in value and for a brief time actually pushed past BNB's market cap to become the third most valuable non-stablecoin crypto asset behind BNB and ETH. So it was big news, Blake. Yeah, like we mentioned, I think it gained like 10 or 20 billion US dollars in market cap uh, in just like, a f- you know, in like under 12 hours. Mental. Like yeah, that, not even. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, they're not out of the woods yet. Uh, I think that because um, they sold over 700 million US dollars worth of unregistered securities, there could be some hefty fines there, um, but nothing that um, Ripple can't handle, I don't think so. Mm, yeah. I think this kind of opens up the question, is this kind of the regulatory certainty that the market's after um, now that, you know, because the SEC wasn't going to provide guidance or very clear guidance to the industry, it has to be made through the court system. Now that we potentially have that, does that change the environment, like, Fundamentally, Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know. Jordan, what was your take on this on Friday? Yeah. You know, I think this is a really exciting verdict for the crypto community, particularly for holders of, um, you know, the XRP cryptocurrency as well. It's been a long awaited victory. Um, there are people who, you know, are confident in, in that, uh, in that partial victory, even if it is partial victory, uh, all the way along and decided to, um, to hang on, hang on tight, hang on for dear life. Uh, and, and then there are others that were, you know, a little bit nervous about the uncertainty of the court case and, and what that was going to mean for precedent set around what constitutes a security. You know, it looks like that there was clearly a security at the beginning. And, but what has changed now is that the asset, its legal standing changed over time, mm. um, which, you know, That's is something, them up. something that you know, isn't precedented. Mm. Uh, and now it is. Yeah. Just to kind of change a little bit in the story and the way that we're talking about XRP, you said you've come in a couple of years ago, George, into the space when XRP was already embroiled in this legal battle and perhaps off exchanges or certain exchanges. What's your take on the coin itself then? without putting yourself into too much hot water. The coin or the project? The project, the project in general. Obviously, you know, we know what it's set out to be and we have explained this numerous times on the, the podcast. You yourself ex- have explained what their aim is to be. We know what layer they're trying to be. And you've said that you don't hold any. So what are your thoughts? You know, I think as a beginner, when I first, you know, entered the space, I was uh, cautious. Uh, I was, um, you know, trying to make informed decisions and the noise around exercise at the time just wasn't something I was willing to take a risk on. I always said if I could invest in Ripple Labs, the company, I would do that. And I felt less inclined to invest in the actual cryptocurrency just because I had some questions about the tokenomics um, and how they were allocated between founders versus, you know, how much was uh, used to raise during that $1.4 billion ICO initial coin offering, which is what brought the lawsuit against them. But, you know, I think the XRP technology 
has something really unique to offer in the money remittances space. And I've actually learned recently that XRP is used uh, for for businesses and markets around the world to transfer value between so that, for example, you know, businesses wouldn't have to hold like Nostro accounts Mm. in other countries. So it it serves this sort of on-ramp, off-ramp functionality that I guess is, you know, it would be quite useful in the world of money remittances. Uh, So, yeah, who knows where it's going to go. Um, Maybe I should have a closer look at it, but Mm. I'm quite comfortable sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, fair enough. All right, very diplomatic answer. (laughs) Let's move on to our next story. So the handcuffs went on, but will Alex Machinsky get off? So Alex Machinsky is the CEO and founder of Celsius. So he has been charged by the DOJ and the SEC and the FTC, and he's maintaining that he is not guilty on all charges, but he does have a lot of explaining to do, doesn't he, Blake? Mm. Yeah, so Celsius filed for bankruptcy about a year ago. They owed a bunch of money to all their clients um, and their users of their app, about $4.7 billion US dollars, and they paused withdrawals. And this was probably brought about because of the liquidity crisis that happened um, last year with you know, various trading platforms, currencies, and projects. And yeah, Machinsky and his wife withdrew $10 million um, from the platform just before they paused withdrawals and $2 million respectively in the weeks beforehand. So yeah, this is um, obviously a little bit suspect. Maybe they saw it coming. Not a good look. Mm. Yeah, Not a good look at all. And eventually federal prosecutors charged him with securities, commodities and wire fraud alongside various securities manipulation and fraud charges. And we know now that if convicted, Mashinsky is potentially staring down decades in prison, mm. which is not great for him. But again, the thing that baffles me about this is that, you know, foul play. I feel usually, especially on a scale like this, will usually always come to light, right? Mm -hmm. I think something that the crypto space is very good at is bringing bad actors down very, very quickly. People get their comeuppance. Yep. Yeah, we we don't we don't get have that same uh, that same luxury in the world of traditional finance. It can take decades to bring a bad actor down. So um, you know, mm. it is it is good that he is facing the consequences of the position he's put a lot of his customers in. Yeah, and I, I would I think that you know the regulators are really incentivized here to make an example exactly. out of some of these yeah. projects because yep. I think there's certainly the perception that they were maybe asleep at the wheel a little bit last year. Mm. Um, all these massive projects that failed, like Voyager. FTX, Celsius, Luna, Mm. you know, and they should have been more closely regulated potentially and now – you know, we're seeing um, them. So what are the what are the Celsius users getting back? George, you said you were, you know, kind of caught up in this one yourself. Yeah, so I had about uh, probably about $1,500 sitting in my Celsius account. I think that I have seen a few notifications roll into my email inbox, but I'm still yet to look at, you know, what I might be eligible to receive back. Um, I actually haven't looked, so maybe that's a good reminder for me too. Um, and a good reminder for everyone who held money in Celsius to go and, and check it out. But I think as well, you know, it makes me really think, twice about 
uh, where I'll be putting my funds, how I'll be securing my funds and all all that sort of thing. So, I mean, you know, obviously being in the space is sometimes not without its challenges and, you know, I've I've lost plenty of money. Other Mm. people have lost money. Um, But, you know, I always come back to that thing, the the opportunity in this space, the new technology far outweighs, um, hopefully will far outweigh those pains in the long term. Yeah. And like you said, just then touched on the fact that everyone needs to look at custody and where they are holding their funds. And, you know, we, we've even right. had a lot of, um, you know, at home with Bamboo when we have, you know, specific users who end up holding a lot of money. We chat with them about potentially where is best to hold their funds when they get to that point. You know, we know when you're talking about life-changing mm-hmm. money, perhaps it's best to look at, you know, Trezor or Ledger or, you know, a hard wallet where that needs to go. So always mm-hmm. be thinking about where, where your best place to hold your funds. Let's move on. So let me ask you both, is crypto mainstream? Because right now we're in the weeds, but is everyone talking about crypto out in the street? We don't see it in the mainstream media right now. So is it out there? Is it being talked about? This is about right for where we are in the market cycle right now because we are nearing the end of what's been a bear market or crypto winter. But a recent survey commissioned by blockchain software firm Consensus revealed that crypto has actually achieved global mass awareness. So Blake, tell us some of the numbers that they're talking about. Yeah, it might be worth just quickly making a distinction between awareness and adoption. Awareness would um, constitute an addressable market that would could potentially use the product mm-hmm. as opposed to those actually using, using it. Mm. So the survey was about 15,000 people um, of people aged 18 to 65 and they lived in 15 different countries um, and 90% of the respondents said they had some basic knowledge of crypto and more, than, yeah, and more than a third of the survey um, said that crypto um, is potentially the future of money. So I think people, are, you know, have seen it come through the news cycles for the last, you know, three, five years mm. and they've developed some understanding of it and now can kind of project that forward and see where it fits in the economy into the future. Yeah, and that's a pretty big survey. That's a good number. You know, sometimes these surveys come out and it's like four people, but that's a good number. It's a decent survey. And when asked about the main concepts associated with crypto, more than one third of those asked said that they thought that would be the future of money, but they also thought the future of digital money and ownership would be the way forward, surpassing those who thought it would be associated with just speculating or those who thought it would be scams. So that's good to know because a lot of those people instantly would go to crypto and scans, but that's only a small 25% of that number. Funnily enough, Nigeria lead the pack among the countries surveyed, saying that the, and that was the highest percentage of respondents believing crypto would be the future of money. Let's just have a quick look at the country survey too. You've got Argentina, Brazil, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, Japan, Mexico, South Africa, Korea, the Philippines, the UK, uh, US and Vietnam. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty mm. good slice uh, across the globe there. Yeah, it's interesting to me, you know, you look at those countries and one thing that a lot of those countries have in common is, you know, economic uncertainty and sort of the mismanagement of monetary and fiscal policy by their governments, you know, and this puts populations under a lot of financial stress, you know, they can't actually trust that the money they put in a bank account or that they hold will be, Mm. you know, valuable or usable and, in terms of if we're talking about awareness and, and adoption, you'd say that most people in Australia are aware of cryptocurrency, but the adoption just isn't as high because we are 
not as in a severe position Mm. as people in other countries. So that's one thing that always really gets me. And I think that Australia's uptake and adoption has been much slower for that reason. But some other interesting findings that came out of that as well. Data privacy was topic surveyed, the majority saying that they prefer to have more control over their digital footprint, Mm. which is unsurprising, I guess, considering the direction that we are going and news that constantly comes out about the fact that we are losing uh, so much control over our digital footprint, over our data. 83% of respondents said that data privacy is more important to them and that 79% would like to have more control over their identity on the internet. And I absolutely would put my hand up and say that I would be part of both of those statistics. A lot of people (laughs) watching Black Mirror out there. So, yeah, no surprises there (laughs) at all. Okay, I think we'll head into a break, but as we do, a quick shout out to a Bamboo user, Jen L, who won one Ethereum last week for monthly top-ups and activating. So big shout out to Jen. Well done. Congrats, Jen. Congrats, Jen. One Ethereum. (laughs) We'll be right back, everybody. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. You're with Blake, Tracy and Jordan Franklin today. Before we go into our short, sharp news bites, which is everyone's favourite, I wanted to chat real quickly with Jordan about Dear Crypto, which we mentioned on the show when you launched, I think it was about about March, wasn't it, George? But I know Mm -hmm. from chatting with you that you'd been working on this for quite some time. So do you want to give a quick elevator pitch to everyone about exactly what Dear Crypto is, which is also really well marketed. Your branding's amazing, but give us the elevator pitch oh, thank on you. Dear Crypto. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, you guys know this story all too well. Um, but for listeners who haven't haven't been following sort of since the beginning, my foray into the cryptocurrency space was with a 100-day challenge to learn everything I possibly could about cryptocurrency. And, you know, I learned so much through that experience. But one thing that really stood out to me, and, you know, of course, I shared that journey on TikTok. So a lot of people came along with me for the ride, uh, especially at a time where the markets were really starting to pick up and interest was increasing. And, you know, that's right around the time when my interest was was picked too. And so um, we went on a journey together and I think it was obvious that I felt a sense of overwhelm and confusion and frustration at my, you know, experience. Of course, I walked away with so much knowledge and it led to all these amazing things and, you know, like me quitting my corporate job and completely pivoting career-wise. But I felt this extraordinary frustration throughout that process where, you know, learning about cryptocurrency was took a very piecemeal approach, right? It was kind of like you just got pieces to a puzzle. It was your job to put the puzzle together. And it was a very laborious process of trying to learn about cryptocurrency. And I think that's what keeps people so many people away from wanting to learn about it. It is so confusing. People often make the mistake that you think you need to have a finance degree, a computer science degree, just to educate yourself about cryptocurrency and and digital assets and, and the technology behind it. But that's absolutely not the case. And so from that experience, that 100 Days of Crypto inspired Dear Crypto, which is everything I would do differently if I could learn about cryptocurrency from the very, very (laughs) beginning. I think it's one of the first courses on cryptocurrency that actually puts a chronology to, you know, cryptocurrency and the narrative around crypto, like the history of money, sort of, you know, a macroeconomic analysis of of the 20th century. We get into the weeds about what crypto is, what blockchain is, what Bitcoin and Ethereum are. And... I will say that it's not just for beginners. I know that a lot of people who followed that original 100-day journey also, you know, they were learning along with me, even though they had been invested in the market. They just didn't really have much knowledge about, you know, how Bitcoin worked or um, how a wallet worked or how staking worked or, or whatever. And I would say that it's not just for people who want to learn about crypto. Anyone who is thinking about putting money or taking a risk with money, putting their money into the world of digital assets, you have to educate yourself about those assets that you're about to invest yeah, into. Yeah. And and that's why Dear Crypto is, is so important. We've tried to make it as accessible as possible to anyone. And if you want to check out more about Dear Crypto, you can visit Dear Crypto dot education uh, or follow me at the underscore happy spender on Instagram and I'd be more than happy to um, to have a chat with you and talk about it. We'll definitely put the links in the show notes below um, cool. and everyone can check those out. Great pitch. There you go. Thanks. The 100 days is pretty awesome and that's where I think I, um, I came across you too. I think shout out to Craig who probably put us onto you all that time ago because it has been a while that we've been friends with you. So great concept. Like I said, I love the, what you've done already and I know you've spent a lot of time and effort pulling the course material together. So congratulations. Pre-chat GPT, you know. Pre- so this is back <laughs> when we used to do the hard slot. Pre-chat GPT. <laughs> and actually create original content, you know, without the help of chat GPT. But I will also, just one thing I will add is that all of the course content has been proofed by three different blockchain engineers. So, you know, it's proof for accuracy and, and everything. So it's a great resource. Well, there you go. Nice work, George. Congratulations. Thanks. 
With that, let's move on to the other bits of news from this week that made some headlines we thought you'd like to hear. Blake, what have you got up first? All right. First up, we have the Hong Kong police. They have arrested six individuals in connection with crypto money laundering worth about 12 million USD. Now, Hong Kong's known as a crypto hub and there's a lot of people and businesses up there working within the sector. Um, And according to a report, the individuals laundered 12.7 million USD over the course of three months. Um, So I assume there's a lot of this happening in Southeast Asia and Asia, particularly in and out of China. So, yeah, no surprise here, but certainly interesting to note. Okay, next up, Snoop Dogg and A16Z are backing a new music platform called Sounds and they've just raised $20 million in a funding round and the company aims to help artists make a living for their music by minting their songs on-chain and selling them directly to fans. A little bit of this going around, but it is definitely the future. Our third story, Binance reportedly lays off a 1,000 employees. It's been a brutal quarter for Binance with regulators going on the offensive against the company and its founder, CZ. This attention finally appears to be striking at the firm's bottom line, which is not great for Binance, uh, the world's currently the world's biggest cryptocurrency exchange. Binance has been quietly laying off hundreds of staffers, including a few key executives. I think it's just worth noting with this story that, you know, this is across the board from all, not just crypto companies, but in tech in general, Mm. you know, um, you know, we're seeing all the biggest companies in the world from from Twitter to Facebook to many other crypto exchanges laying off large portions of their workforce um, in order to increase their runway. I feel like we saw this with Twitter. We've seen this with big, big, big tech companies like mm. Salesforce and, and Meta and the like. So, yeah, like you said, Blake, it's been happening across the tech industry, not just in the digital asset space, but that's that's the current economic environment that, that we're in. And layoffs, you know, layoffs happen. It's just it's just part of it. Hopefully we'll see inflation go down soon and, you know, the sort of employment rate will uh, will stabilise once again. But I think it's going to be a little bit of time that has to pass before that happens. What's up next, Blake? All right. Australian-based crypto investment firm Monochrome Asset Management has filed for an application for a spot Bitcoin ETF on the Australian... Uh, stock exchange. This is ran by Jeff Yu, who used to be the CEO of Binance Australia. Uh, he's done a great job putting this together. It's branded great. And obviously, there's a trend, not just here in Australia, but in the US of, of groups wanting to list Bitcoin ETF in order for it to be more widely invested in and traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, great to see these guys putting one up. Is there one on the Canadian stock exchange? There is, is there that one. Yep, spot? that's already been yeah. that's been trading for about six months. And I think that they are just about to approve one in either the UK or Europe next right. week. Well, so. yeah, it's clearly precedence being mm. created here. They're seeing what works and what doesn't in other jurisdictions. So hopefully this one gets through as well. Yep, absolutely. And look, next up, staying at home in Australia, and not so great news, but the Australian National Bank or NAB has clamped down on cryptocurrency traders because of fraud risk and predatory scammers. The bank announced it will block some payments made to high-risk cryptocurrency exchanges following similar moves by the Commonwealth Bank and Westpac just in the last few weeks or months. So that's a real mm, shame. She rolls her eyes. It's a real shame, you know, because I I get that the cryptocurrency exchange industry doesn't have, I suppose, the 
brightest reputation given the fall of FTX and, you know, all of these other centralized entities. But, you know, when I think about platforms like Binance or, you know, SwiftX, you know, even Bamboo as well, it's a shame that banks are taking this action. And, you know, there are a lot of us who bank with these major banks that still want to be part of the digital asset space. So it's going to make it, I guess, a lot more tricky to jump in and participate in digital assets. Yes, well, pot kettle black there with the banks. But anyway, what else have we got up (laughs) next, George? (laughs) Kathy Wood of ARK Invest have reportedly sold $53 million worth of Coinbase shares to cash in on the recent rally. I believe that was after Ripple announced its partial win against the SEC in its mm. legal battle, as Coinbase did delist XRP when the lawsuit filing happened in 2020. I wonder if they will relist XRP. Mm-hmm. They've said they're going to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing as well worth adding here is that Coinbase could be the third-party custodian for BlackRock if their spot Bitcoin ETF gets approved. So that's quite bullish news. And with this profit, they've reinvested into Meta and Robinhood as well. There you go. A bit of a bump for Meta and Robinhood. What's up next, Blake? All right. Next up, we have the Spanish National Museum, um, who will mint an an exclusive collection of Van Gogh NFTs. So for the first time, a National Museum will mint its own NFT, which is kind of exciting. This is super cool. I love this one. Yeah. Um, Featuring masterpieces from Van Gogh, each NFT represents an original piece um, in part of a limited series with only 100 available. Mm. So I think these are going to be snapped up. I wonder how much they're going to be. Yeah. This is a great Mm. way for raising capital potentially for public institutions institutions um, and giving potentially member perks for access to, you know, exhibits mm. or, or first rights to, to see, mm. you know, new collections. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. I like it. See, NFT. Very cool. Still great things to be done. Next up, we have got global shoe and apparel brand Puma and Rock Nation. They have collaborated with Jay-Z. So this one's going to be huge everywhere. And they're dropping a new series of sneakers, which will come out with a cryptographic identity. And this chip enables their owners with, as you would imagine, lots of cool exclusive things. And the chip, as I was watching on one of the videos, is actually in the lip of the In shoe. the tongue. Yeah, in the tongue of the shoe. So we know you like your expensive shoes, Blake. Maybe you'll be getting one. <laughs> Mate, it sounds like, sounds like they'll be tracking you with all, these, with all these chips I don't mind if shoes. Jay-Z knows where, where I am. That's, yeah. that's cool. They want to invite me to some stuff. So, yeah, look, again, the shoe brands are really getting onto this. I mean, obviously Nike and Swoosh have done quite well. So, you know, Adidas had done anything. Look, these, these brands know what they're doing. So, Hello, yoga. Aloe yoga, Louis Vuitton. There you go. So in, the NFT space is still thriving. It's not dead like everyone said. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll finish on that note. We'll finish on that note. But again, a massive week in news. I'm sure there's going to be another massive week of news next week. But Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. It was a delight Thank you for having, having me. Yeah, I don't know if Craig's going to get his spot back. Again, everybody, if you want to check out what George is up to, then please follow her on her socials and check out Dear Crypto and we'll put all that information in the show notes below. If you think we missed anything or you want to comment on what we're up to, then please jump into the Crypto Curious Facebook page or uh, join us on socials as well. We've got a Crypto Curious Instagram page now, so if you haven't checked that out, please do go and give it a follow. Make sure you have subscribed to wherever you're listening to us to make sure you get every podcast every week and please do review us 
tell your friends about us and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. See you guys. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.